Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 171. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Lee's Comics. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by popoptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay. And search for Lee's Comics Inc. That's L E E S C O M I C S I N C period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order and you'll receive a free bonus gift. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Ridge, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack, and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook version. Order your copies today. Long title Looking for the Good Times Examining the Monkey Song One by One by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Christmas, Christmas time is here, and Alvin and the Chipmunks are here again. In 1958, a down songwriter with an unlikely name of Ross Bagdasarian plunged the last of his family savings on a multi-speed tape recorded and created The Witch Doctor and Alvin and the Chipmunks. This changed the fortunes for his family, his record label, and animated cartoon studio. Alvin! The story of Ross Bagdasarian, Liberty Records, Format Films, and The Alvin Show by Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions is available from Amazon and Fair Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copy today. You can now order my latest book, the TTV Scrapbook, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Bear Manor Media. If you'd like signed copies of this or any of my books, please email me at funideas.mark at gmail.com for further information on how to order directly from me via PayPal. I now have three super articles to write for Back Issue. Super Richie, Super Dagwood, and Super Fan. My Pac-Man book is the next to be coming out, and I'm still working on my Mad and Turtles books. 
Warren Kremer is due out eventually, as is my next Disney book. On today's show, cartoon research columnist Camden Spees returns, and today we will interview a brand new guest who has done animation on some of your favorite cartoons, including Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. He is also an animation collector and historian. Here he is, Mark Kausler, Part 2. Now, I worked with Greg Ford when I did all the commentaries for all those DePatty Freeling cartoons. So, Very good. You know, yeah. So. And I've only talked talk to Greg Ford twice, and they, they're they among my longest phone conversations. Oh, yeah. That sounds like Greg. Yeah, Greg gives gives good phone. Yeah. <laughs> He'll go on and on. What's funny is one time I had a longest conversation with him, and he was talking about having a stroke, and it, it affected his speech. And I said, you could have fooled me. can't <laughs> tell. I can't tell. I've known the guy many, many years. Fun. I can't tell. So, yeah, yes, I'm glad I he's remember, doing okay. I remember that's when I was trying to do that June Foray project, and Greg was one of the first people I interviewed. And I think that after a certain point, with certain people, I wanted to go off task a bit. Uh-huh. So I kind of fooled it to where I also wanted to ask about their career. I think I did this with you, Mark, too. I think mm-hmm. your conversation was one of the longest as well. Um, but Greg, we got on this tangent. We started talking about his book, book that he worked the documentary on, The Animation Art of Frizz Freeling, the oh, one yes. that's documentary. Yeah, that's a wonderful that, book. Yeah, the, the VHS of that documentary, I think, is actually the better than the one that they did later on those DVDs. Yep. Um, it's the history longer. of frizz yeah it's very and it's actually, good yeah and um we i think that conversation about that lasted about an hour but i was so fascinated with the whole thing i just sat there and just like took it all in <laughs> the only time i ever got to, to talk to frizz was he was in his office one day at warner's and i was there and i just happened to be there and he walked in <laughs> and he sat down he says how are you doing and he says oh I hear that you help out Hugh Harmon every once in a while. I said, well, yeah, I, I, I've given him a little bit of money here. And they said, so, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I guess yeah, a lot of people helped help poor Hugh, you know. <laughs> but Hugh loved uh, Roy O. Disney, uh, Walt's brother. Because mm-hmm. any time he got in really bad trouble, he called Roy up. He says, Roy, I really, I, I really need help. I've, I've got myself worked into a corner and he, and he and Roy without missing a beat says show up at the studio gate at five o'clock mm. you'll be taken care of don't worry so he never forgot a friend I mean that what mm. a quality that is that Roy had you yeah because they were such old friends going all the way back to Kansas City so mm. you know all that that's sort of the the crucible where all yeah. that developed all this the stuff we take for granted today as hollywood design hollywood animation there's a there's a really good exhibit besides the walt disney family museum which that was my whole disney epiphany i wasn't a disney fan growing up until leonard malton shows up at the disney family museum and he tours me around one by one but that must have been wonderful yeah there's also the disney hometown museum in kansas city yes i know a little bit about that Mm -hmm. yeah it's actually it's actually really good it's really small it's not as prestigious as the one in San Francisco. It does not come close, mm. but it's still really good. Oh, yes. Well, Nadine Masaikian, who was uh, uh, Walt, Walt's secretary at Laugh-O-Gram Films, we became acquainted when I went to art school in Kansas City. And uh, she was very kind to me and take, took me on a tour of the old 31st and Truce building where the Laugh-O-Gram offices were. You know, they just tore it down? Mm-hmm. I heard that they had put buttresses on it to hold it up. 
and now they're tearing it down. Oh, that's I sad. Just, I think they just tore it down like a I'm few months ago. That. Hmm. That's really sad. But that Mark, Mark, are you story. are you from Kansas City? I'm from or St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, okay. originally. Okay, but I'm I went to my last two years of art so. school in Kansas City. Okay, that's what and I heard. That's okay. where I met uh, Nadine. She had the old that Laughogram uh, uh, megaphone hmm. that is now part of the Walt Disney Archives. She hmm. showed it to me. It was Walt's little megaphone. They used to go out and shoot live action film at, at, at Swope Park <laughs> in Kansas City. And uh, the, the 31st and Truce building had the, the empty store that was still there. The, the, the Greek there were two Greek brothers who ran a restaurant and they kept Walt alive when he didn't have any money. They gave hmm. him they gave him food. Hmm. And that little restaurant with its checkers on the floor and on the wall was still there when I went on that, that, and Nadine, I don't know how she did it. She had a key to the whole <laughs> building and, and opened it all up and showed it all to me. Mm. And everything was in good shape and standing then. Mm. And now look what's happened in all these years. Wow. It's gone. I'm um, so sad to hear that. I think it's, it's either that building or it's the building where they filmed, where they, where, where it's the, where it's, no, I think, no, it's the last. Kansas record. City Film Ad? Yeah. That could be. I went on a tour of that too. That, that was one of those there. buildings they just tore down. They, did they tear down Kansas City Film Ad too? I don't know. Was that was a beautiful two. old brick. You should building. research that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that building. It still had the catwalk mm. in it. The stage that they used to shoot some of their commercials was still there when, mm. when I visited. That was a long time ago. But uh, there was so much history in that building. <laughs> Mark, I, Mark, I got a quick question for you. Yes. Did you ever work? think about working in stop motion? Uh, I came close to it uh, at Spun Buggy. Uh, Frank Terry wanted to do a couple of things in stop motion, but Frank went off half cocked. He didn't really know what he was doing. <laughs> he didn't know how to position the, the puppets so that they didn't fall over. There were all these things he didn't know. And he managed to get them done, but they weren't all that. They were certainly nothing to that George Powell had anything to worry about. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Did you ever meet That's Willis O'Brien? What did you say? Did you ever meet Willis O'Brien? No, I never got to. I met uh, Mrs. O'Brien. Yeah. But I never got to meet Willis. Uh, I have a good, Mark, did I ever tell you my King Kong story? What is your King Kong story? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Arnold, did I ever tell the King Kong story in this podcast? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Tell it. This is this is my favorite story out of anything that's ever happened in my life. This is my favorite story. I was I had to go to a camp, and when I was little, I was not. I was very nervous kid when I was little. I'm very I'm very loud and everything now. I was then too, but I was very nervous kid when I was little. So I was afraid of animals when I was younger. So when I, when we had to all go, we had to all go on this field trip. It's like, you know, I went, I'm, I'm from Baton Rouge and Baton Rouge, we have the world's, we have the nation's worst school system where I'm from. Sorry. So we all went to private school. Mm. So I went to, I have to defend that when I'm living in Birmingham, why I went to private school. So I went to the school, we had to go to this Christian thing, whatchamacallit. So I was in this thing, we, they were, everyone was going horseback riding and I wasn't, I didn't want to go. So I'm hanging around. I'm like, okay, where's the bathroom? And I go to the bathroom and then there's this sitting in this pile of posters of, of King Kong just sitting there and just, no, this is, this is weird. So I'm thinking to myself, 
there's posters of King Kong and Miss Cheryl who works the thing is so yeah they've been there forever and I'm like wait wait what <laughs> and the guy I don't I think he, he wasn't joking either he says oh yeah they've been there since before I was working there since before I've been working here since 1984 they've been here since then since well before then and I'm like you're sitting there and there's a bunch of eight-year-olds who are in this kind of thing it's to the point where those posters I would not touch them right <laughs> because this is a bathroom at and with with eight-year-olds around it you don't want to touch that thing <laughs> you don't know what has been pointed at that poster right mm. but that poster could have been there for 50 years because apparently i i almost thought that, that was like his shame closet or something whoever ran <laughs> that ran that that place because there was just two posters just sitting there and this guy who had been there since 1984 said yeah they were there when i first got here and I'm like, why are you sitting there? Why are they still there? Mm. So I don't know. I just wanted to leave them. I'm like, you left them there. Weird. <laughs> so Willis O'Brien left those posters? No, no, not Willis O'Brien. The person who owned that 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 Christian school okay. just had these King Kong posters that had been there since the guy who was. Well, we know for a fact they had been there since before or <coughs> at least, right? Mm. Yeah. And they had just been sitting in the bathroom of the horse stable for, and there were two of them for, for over 50 years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and when you're, when, when your school is full of eight-year-olds, you don't know what has been pointed at the poster. Yeah. So that's probably half the reason so, they didn't touch them. So are they still there now? <laughs> I would imagine so. Uh. If they didn't know what happened to them. Before, there's no reason go, they wouldn't have now. Go get them. Go get wow. them. <laughs> worth lots of money. No, I don't. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> That's quite a story. Yeah. I don't know if this guy was fooling me, though, but he definitely did seem like he had been there since 74. Wow. But I don't know if this guy was fooling me or not. But if not, mm. they're all idiots over there. Well, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I wouldn't touch those either. Yeah, probably not. But (laughs) Mark, I have this question for you, and it was just going through (laughs) all your things. Are you like the go-to guy whenever there's like uh, live-action animation hybrids? I don't know if I I'll am say I'll say why because because of Roger uh, Rabbit or well Roger Rabbit but oh. also Osmosis Jones also Looney Tunes back in action Ooh. also the Duck Factory also uh there's something else that was on here um <laughs> and I'm like man you're like in everything that's like uh, 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 did you work on the new Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers movie no 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 no, no. <laughs> Oh, that, that one that's like half CGI and half... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a weird-looking thing. No, I didn't work on that. <laughs> I just say that as a joke. But, uh, the uh, Duck uh, Factory was not strictly live-action. There were true, very few combination true. shots because it was true. too expensive. Yeah. But I did animate some of the duck. I designed the duck. Oh, okay. That. that was my model. Okay. And uh, they couldn't come up with a duck anybody liked, so I just took like one from column A and one from column B and skated <laughs> between them and put together a model sheet. And that became Dippy Duck. Oh. But the uh, I animated a sequence with a knight on a horse in that with Dippy. And it's been so long ago now that I'm kind of forgetting what I did on it. But I remember uh, the the hands of the mm-hmm. animator 
or Ambi Palawotas, but mm. Ambi did not appear in the show, just his hands. Because no. I forget now the guy that played the old animator. It was, it was Don Messick. Don Messick played the animator. I thought Don was another guy. It was, it was a New York oh. comedian, a, a very good guy. And I can't oh. think of his name today. Because, I mean, Jim Carrey's the only other person, but he was young. Yeah, oh, uh. yeah Jim, that was one of his very first things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jim was, was, we got to, to meet with him. Jim was very, uh, a very nice down-to-earth guy in those days, except then all of a sudden he'd become a cartoon himself. You know, he'd become very wacky <laughs> and run around and make funny noises. But, uh no, sadly, I can't think of the guy's name today, but he's a great comedian. But he was the one that played the really old animator. And he did Let me see. Job. Oh, I know, Jack Guilford. He's That's the one? That's right. <laughs> Jack Guilford, of course. But Jack Guilford's hands, Jack Guilford didn't draw. So they hired M.B. Palawoda, who was a wonderful animator, and, and he did all the stand-in for, <laughs> for, uh, for Jack Guilford. So anyway, he, the, uh, Herb Klin, who you talked about with uh, Bob Kurtz, right. that was his art collection from format films hmm. on all the studio walls in the duck factory and even they got the furniture from herb some of the linoleum the old linoleum on the floor came from format films all these all these props that wow. were used in the soundstage for duck factory were all repurposed format stuff hmm. so that was interesting about that show do you have any knowledge of why it's never been released to home video i think it's rights problems uh okay. that conflict it's either okay. music rights or story. I forget okay. which. Because and when it, Jim Carrey it, became a big star, I thought it would be a natural to put it out. You know, it's like, yeah. even if nobody likes cartoons, you know, it's like, it's Jim Carrey, you know, and it's like. You, you think know. that would carry, carry it, quote unquote, wouldn't you? Uh. Uh, yeah, but it didn't. Hmm. It didn't work that way, sadly enough. Yeah, but, uh, it's only a matter of time till Jim Carrey premieres in the reboot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> And he'll play the old animator by that point. Right, right. <laughs> He'd be a funny old animator. He'd be great at it. But uh, yeah, but the, the Duck Factory was not a big hit. No. Uh, and it, it, it had a lot of problems. It, it, mm -hmm. it tried to be a funny look at an animation. And I think when they made it, they found out there isn't that much really funny about making animated cartoons. No. It's actually kind of a long, dull process. I mean, I watched it just because I watched anything that had cartoon in it, but also yeah. is an MTM production and you know Mary Tyler Moore's production yes. company usually had a pretty stellar track record so right. it's like hey that this was must one be of their good. few misfires yeah, yeah but we tried really hard and it had a good budget and yeah, paid it's well it's become like a cult classic though yeah it's a of cult classic it's become, now. A, it's become a cult thing it is but it's hard <laughs> to find it's not like they put it out anywhere so is I mean, it on YouTube oh I'm sure yeah Okay. Well, I mean, you could probably get a bootleg of it, but I'd like a nice copy. <laughs> right. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be yeah. better to have a nice Blu-ray of the whole yeah. series. Yeah. But that probably won't get released, unfortunately. Mm, okay. But what was your... Oh, you're... Well, just doing... Uh, and, and even Coonskin has live action in it. It's just, it just seems kind of interesting that has, he did so many... It have a live action prologue and an epilogue. Yeah, yeah. Which I <laughs> so... didn't touch. You know, right. didn't have anything to do with and, it. And I, I'm sure it's just coincidence that you worked on so many projects that way. It's just, I was looking at that and you mentioned Osmosis Jones and I go, how's this another one? That's another one. That's yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. It, it, like working on Roger Rabbit was really tough because this was before they had these computer programs that tied down the scene right. so that the camera movement isn't a problem. Because when they're shooting live action, they don't understand about animators they don't care about animators they just right. let the camera drift north 
drift south, drift east, drift, drift west, whatever they want to do. And then we have to follow that camera movement frame by frame. And we have mm. to reposition the character so they'll drift on mm. the ground plane with the camera. And that slowed us down tremendously. I had to do a scene uh, where Benny the Cab, his wheels had been gone through dip. And oh, yeah. he, he's, he's going, ooh, ouch, ooh. And he's walking, his, his tires are very sensitive. That scene took three weeks because every every single drawing was matched to that drift in the camera mm -hmm. poor bob zemeckis was tearing his hair off says you guys gotta get this done faster we have to make our deadline come on which the english translation uh free overtime yeah. you know we, we need you to, to give us your time so we can wow. finish this picture and a lot of us did mm -hmm. a lot of us did donate our time because mm -hmm. we loved that movie and we wanted to see it done and see it done right so mm -hmm. we worked very hard but uh, we, we really loved it. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed, I did the Tweety sequence. I did the droop, droopy sequence in that. And I had a ball. Did you do any of the open and full animation sequence or no? That was done in London. Oh, okay. That was done by, Dick animated a lot of that himself. And I forget now the, uh, the uh, British animator that did uh, Jessica. He did a lovely job on her. Mm -hmm. Beautiful job on her. Now, but, didn't you uh, do the Roger Rabbit sequels as it were like trail mix up i and... worked on every one of them okay and what did you do there just isolated scenes or i uh, worked on the storyboards okay uh, of trail mix up and pat ventura did most of it that's okay. almost all of his board on hmm. trail mix up and then i i got to do the close-up of jessica and i hmm. was so proud of that because mark hen <laughs> got all the footage of it he, he thought he got it all but i knew the director barry cook very well mm -hmm. and i said barry can't you just slip me one scene? I want to do the close-up. So he said, okay. I mean, it was like four feet. It was short. Right. Well, I did it. Uh -huh. And uh, it fell into a big corporate snafu because they said, well, her breasts are way too large. <laughs> we can't have that. But I said, but, 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 but this is a low camera angle and she's leaning over Roger and that sticks they stick way out in space and that would you know precede her face they would come down first followed by her face so you know we did all this tall explaining finally we got jessica's breast reduction guide you know issued from you know the top executive offices and you will redraw them to this size so that's what i did but then i got a little bit of my own back because at one point as she's descending towards roger i caught them up I, I made them big again as they moved down. So I had a lot, a lot of fun, you know, fooling around with that. That, mm -hmm. that, was, uh, that was about the most fun I had. And then I, I went to Florida. I worked in the Florida studio to do Roller Coaster Rabbit. Mm -hmm. And we were on public view for seven months. I worked in there and, and we were on public view. And, and uh, one day I was shooting a pencil test. By that time, we were shooting all our own video pencil tests. There were no more cameramen. <laughs> we, we were doing their job and our job too. <laughs> so I was shooting a test. And I heard a little tap at the window behind me and I turned around and there was Jeffrey Katzenberg, you know, looking me right in the eyes. The big boss was, was, he had a tourist outfit on with a big baseball cap and he was <laughs> pretending to be, you know, just another tourist, another, another a, a guest. But that was, that was kind of a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed doing that. I did a lot of scenes on roller coaster and on a tummy question. Yes. Mark you are credited, I guess uncredited, but your resume says you worked on Yellow Submarine. Yes, okay. but I don't think I was credited. 
No, you weren't. No. I, because I worked three days. I, 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 didn't I say that at the top of the show here? Yeah, Camden's Didn't I sleeping. tell that story? <laughs> yeah. 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 Rewind yeah, it. Worked. Camden, rewind it. Watch the beginning of the yeah, show. Yeah, watch the top of, the, of, of this production and you'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I, I worked there uh, about three days. Just worked yeah. for Dwayne, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Dwayne gave work to my friend Bob Alvarez and, and mm-hmm. a lot of people on that. And, uh, and so we can all say, yeah, we worked on Yellow Submarine. You know, like this is a big deal. <laughs> did, did you ever speak with Bob Heroniumus since because uh, he did two books on the Yellow Submarine? I have day. one of them. OK. And he... I never did speak with him, though, sadly. Oh, OK. OK. It's, it's made... a pretty good book, though. I have the first book, too. And he's done a second one. Jerry Beck says the second one's just as good as the first. And I said, what would be in it? It is as thick as the first one. So eventually I will get it. So, <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel the same way you do. I'm kind of waiting until I find a copy lying around somewhere that I can snag. Yeah. But I, I would like to read the second one too, because the first one was good. Yeah, was but Jerry says it's a good book. So maybe I should finally hey. trust Jerry Beck on something. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, hey um, Mark, I have a question for you, though, I'm going to ask. How did sure. you first get into Disney? Oh, boy, what a story. Well, you know, during my freelance years, I was freelance 17 years. During those years, I kept trying to get into Disney. I applied over and over and over again. <laughs> and uh, one of the old timers there, he was in charge of uh, of the training, actually fell asleep <laughs> looking at my sample reel. And I thought, I'm killed. I'll never get in this place. So, uh, so what happened was I got a job working on Family Dog, uh, the, the, the first Family Dog for Brad Bird. Mm-hmm. And I animated some of the scenes with the little dog uh, pushing his dish along the floor with his nose. And then he, he picks up his empty uh, dog dish and drops it on the floor, if you remember the scene, and it, mm-hmm. and it clatters to a stop. And he tries really hard to get the, 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 you know, the, the housewife's attention. And he's trying really, really hard. And then he runs with the dish and shoves it, and it hits her leg, and she gets really mad. But that was my scene. Mm-hmm. I did a couple other little scenes in that, too. But um, somebody saw that at Disney and liked it so much, they said, you know, we could put him on Oliver and Company. You know, maybe he, we were, we, you know, we don't have enough animators to do that show. So I worked. That was my first job at Disney, working on Oliver. Okay. And Company. So and then, then I that means Beauty and the Beast too, and I had a better time on Beauty and the Beast than Oliver and Company. So that means IMDb is wrong. What do they say? It says you worked on the Rescuers. No. And the Black Cauldron. Uh uh-uh. uh and great mouse detective no nope. <laughs> wrong 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 no, all and i long... know those all predated i say when was this uh family dog thing made 1940 or what no, 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 like, no 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 um because i know when that came out and it's in the like 80s, I, I, I think I, i'm sure it wasn't in production that long so it's no, like, no it was in the okay. 80s okay no but but uh, all um, all during the the making of rescuers and all that yeah. stuff i was i was uh, freelancing yeah i did you one better mark mark Arnold, I got um, Mark Kausler gave me his resume at one time, so I did you one better. Yeah, he already <laughs> had all the inside info. Oh, okay. And then it says you worked on Soccer Mania. No. Yes. Oh, you did work on yes, that. Yes, that, okay. that was all an right, independent right, production right. that Daryl Van Sitters did okay. under his own roof. Okay. Yeah, and, and we then, made that. Okay. Then they took that picture away from him, and reworked the whole thing. And that's the the, the version we did didn't even get on the air. But then Disney took it away and reworked it, and then they put their version on. Okay. I guess that's when you got to work on Box Office Bunny, too. Yes, that was done. Okay. Uh, independent production that Daryl uh, directed. Yeah, I did work on that. 
Okay. I asked a quick question about, I one time remember Daryl saying something about that because I asked him about that one time when I was doing my June Foray thing. And he says, here's the thing, Camden. He says, whenever a movie, is, he says, you know, that when they, 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 you know, they, 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 you know, you know why they ask, they often ask for a short subject at a major studio. I said, why is this when a movie's going to flop? <laughs> <laughs> so they stick a short subject at the beginning so that people, you know, will be attracted to the to the yeah. the main thing. I was going to ask, do you think that's true? I don't know. Kind of hard I, to say. I know it's been true at times. Yeah. Because uh I forgot. I think it was the Pebble and the Penguin. They put a Woody Woodpecker short and I think <laughs> that was the attraction because they didn't have faith in Pebble and the Penguin. I never uh, saw Pebble and the Penguin or the Woody Woodpecker short, sorry to and, say. And then um there's some other movie that they did a short like that. And I'm not counting Disney stuff because Disney always throws a short on everything, but you right. know, just uh um but I used to never see shorts in the theater because I grew up in uh, California in the Bay Area. And it's like, I don't remember ever, other than Disney films, like people say, oh, yeah, I saw like uh, Hoot Clued in the theater and I saw Blue Racer. And it's like, really? I never saw anything. Uh, the first time I ever saw an animated short that was attached to a feature length film is a reissue for Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve they added nighty night bugs at the beginning and i was like in heaven because it's the first time i ever saw bugs bunny on the big screen wow yeah. well, i'm so sorry you didn't see those i mean in, yeah. in in missouri where i grew up in, in a little town called webster groves we had the ozark theater mm -hmm. and they had 20 cartoon marathons wow sometimes yeah. on saturdays and sunday and i would just be you know really loving it but i i dreaded the 20th cartoon I thought, uh oh, what? is this number 18? Are there two oh, more to go? I thought you or is this number 20? You know, oh, I, I, said, I, I never wanted it to end. Oh, okay. And they I ran, thought you dreaded it because they put a lousy cartoon to get you out of the theater. No, 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 no. Well, you it must have been it. a Casper at the end. Eh? Yeah, they did run Casper. You would have <laughs> loved it because they ran a lot of Paramount stuff and they ran Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, once in a great while, they work in a Tom and Jerry, but not very mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. But it was mostly Warner's and Paramount that Ozark oh. ran. One, oh. one time on a... Um, <laughs> this is a funny story. I was in, in Boy Scouts. We were uh, encamped at a, 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 a military installation in, near St. Louis called Fort Leonard Wood. They had a theater on the premises there in the camp, and they ran a cartoon show just for us little kids. And unfortunately, it was all like Swifties and Shorties and things like that, the late Paramount <laughs> stuff. I said, oh, no, not this stuff. Mm -hmm. Even at that age, I hated those later famous studios. I was very sad that they ran those. I have a good question for you. So would that explain why I have army prints of the TV Popeye cartoons? You have army prints? Um, no, I have, yeah, I have, a, no, not an army print. I have like a, I have a military school prints of. Of TV um, Popeyes. Yeah, just, wow. just, I guess it was owned by military schools. Are, are they the ones that are made for television? Those? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I thought it might be the AAP package or something of the later famous or something. That was that was for their torture training uh, class <laughs> for their military induction. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch TV Popeyes and nothing else. You could survive but, uh, any war if you watch. I, I imagine the smaller the smaller kids in military school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh God. Actually, that's or, another book. Or to... someone just, or I also imagine it could just be. That, that someone just used the real the real case and they just plastered a sticker on there that said it. That might have been the case, yeah. The that's can another, itself. 
that's that's another book to recommend fred Get, fred grandinetti who is of course the biggest Popeye i fan know in him the world. yes yeah he just put out a new book praising all the tv popeyes and it's actually a really decent book you know he, he breaks it down by each studio and he gives his own rating for it and he's actually you know sometimes he says wow they did a lousy job here so it's not like he just praises oh, yeah. everything so yeah it's like yeah, it's, it's very good like book. I- so it's, I'm guessing it's kind of like, I like uh, one of the best books I think out there about review books is Leonard Maltin's Disney Films book. Not the second edition, the first one. Oh, yeah. But the second edition was a little bit more fluffier, I think. <laughs> he had to tweak things a bit, I think, because once he got involved with Disney. But the first one, he was just, he would be brutal in some of them. He'd be like, you know what? This would be like, no, it's awful. I'm sorry. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, I got to animate Popeye once. Really? Have you ever seen that little commercial? Uh, Do you ever see that that uh, thing that who's that guy? Michael. He puts on uh, some some cartoons for Saturday mornings every week. It's it's a it's a uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I know it's a, it's a pod podcast oh, he does. Oh, okay. And he included my Popeye commercial uh, a few weeks ago. I was so surprised I hadn't seen it for a long time. Was it what was it? It's uh, for promoted. Popeye video games. Oh, okay. Because I know they it. had uh, Popeye for Quaker Oats and stuff. And, and we, we, we tried to emulate uh, the Tom Sims and Bella Zaboli uh, era, you know, yeah. Popeye. And it was kind of fun. Uh, my friend Sam Cornell was the director of it. And uh, and I did I did all the scenes in it. And we even tried to do the Fleischer 3D setback thing, but we didn't actually build the setbacks. They built an actual set hmm. on a on a stage. And then we put the characters over that. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can barely pick up on it because those scenes are so short. I, and, I uh, have um, I have a question, Mark. Have yes. you seen the um, new? Did you hear that? You heard that Ty Eisman's retiring, right? Yes, I, I just saw the first new Popeye strip under the new guy. Yeah. Today, yeah. What do you think? It's just okay. <laughs> it's not horrible, but I don't understand. If the character, they hardly have any distribution for that strip. I don't, it, it's probably in two papers in the whole United States, if it's in two. So why do they keep trying to keep it afloat? I guess just to keep yeah. the copyright on the character. I guess. Yeah, I thought they'd end it with Eisman. I thought he would just continue to do it until he dropped, I guess. Well, you he's know? still around, but I think yeah. maybe he retired. Well, yeah, he's in his late 90s ago. now, so I can see why. He's he yeah. Yeah, but, so. but the new guy has all these interesting, grandiose plans and stuff. I, I read his, the, the little thing, a friend of mine put it out on his blog today, and I read his statement. You know, he wants to revive Cylinder Oil, yeah. uh, you know, Olive Oil Sister, yeah. and he wants to, to revive a lot of the old characters that haven't been seen in the strip many yeah, years. Yeah, I, I showed Mark some of them. They really are a mixed bag because some of them get really, 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 really I, you know, I'm I'm pretty liberal, but they get ultra like they're almost making a statement of some kind. And then some of them they're like really cool and action packed. Uh huh. And then sometimes they're just really weird. So you've already seen a lot of this guy's upcoming material, then? Well, no, he did that Popeye Cartoon Club thing. He participated in that thing. I've never before. seen it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know anything it, about it. Ranges it ranges from being really awful, uh-huh. like downright awful, to really good. Yeah. 
and it's really a mixed bag. Like you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to get <laughs> something you're like, what the yeah. hell just happened? Did you just see? Yeah. Or you're going to get, wow, that's awesome. Well, right? I hope the awesome ones get published as it were. Yeah, I hope he of- sticks to like an adventure story rather than, you know, bring back the, he invented something like a, like a, you know, Sea Hag has a goth daughter, I think is one of them. And I'm like, <laughs> why does Sea Hag need a goth daughter? <laughs> So give him something to write about. Yeah, Alice the, Alice the goon should have a goth star. <laughs> I, I, I think Wimpy is gay in one of them. Wimpy's gay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. That one threw me off a bit. That one threw me off a bit. Mm-hmm. Popeyes, I'll stick with your burgers, Wimpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just completely random. Popeye wasn't even in the strip, by the way. <laughs> uh, I think I said that one to you, Mark. Yeah, you did. You know, they are a mixed bag, what I saw, too. And it's like, you know, I, I guess I just have to say time will tell. And hopefully the 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 direction he goes is the better one and not just all over the map. You know, it's just right. like adventure is probably the best. Really too early, too. I think yeah. he could be experimenting. It could have yeah. been whatever. Hopefully, I mean, like, well, hopefully it finds his way. Like judging the Charles Schultz based on the Lil Folk strips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think High Eisman's version of the Popeye Sunday was it was mostly the adventures of Wimpy. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being more gags about him than any of the other characters. So you yeah. could tell what he was. They're the probably easy to write. You know? <laughs> yeah, he liked Wimpy. And that, that yeah, was, yeah. yeah. But uh, but this new this new artist seems to be more focused on the whole cast, at least so yeah. far. We'll, we'll yeah. see how it shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know. I'll give well, it a I chance. Mean, you know, God love him. I, I hope I hope he can get a decent page rate. The trouble with syndicated strips, as I'm sure you know, is it's based on how many papers you're in. And if you're on only two papers, you're going to be paying them. Right. You know, for, for, let's face it. And you're going to be doing all that work and all that writing and all that inking, and you're going to get almost nothing for it. So mm-hmm. I hope that he's good enough where he can get some subscribers. But right. Look at newspapers today. I mean, who reads newspapers anymore? I right. mean, the younger people don't read them, and they read. They get their news from from their on their iPads or the iPhones. Yeah, they I'm gonna be honest. I I read strips from my iPad. Yeah, see. Yeah. The print, the, the old print journalism is 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 yeah. just about gone. Yeah. Well, I worked in newspapers for years, but I mean, the last time I subscribed to a newspaper is probably twenty years ago. You know. <laughs> and, I, and and I cheat. I read my neighbors. <laughs> she gives it to me when she's done. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. You know, that, I love newspapers, but, uh, you know, I don't like to pay for them. Yeah. I mean, the aforementioned Jerry Beck still subscribes to the Los Angeles Times. He likes well, to promote God that. But, but, you know, he's older than me. So it's like, where? You know. Yeah. So so where are you, are you broadcasting from today? I am in Springfield, Oregon, which is where Matt Greening Simpson's hang out. Very really? good. <laughs> so he, he hangs out there for real. He doesn't hang out here, but the characters do. There is the a mural. Do. There is a mural that was official that was put up on one of the walls, and now unofficial Simpsons characters are now popping up everywhere all over Very town. Good. So, I only worked on Simpsons, Simpsons once. What? I only worked on Simpsons once. I did. I actually, I, I worked on two different shows. I worked on a recap show, mm-hmm. which was you know, took sequences from earlier ones, like like an old fashioned cheater, you know. Yeah. And and then I worked on another one where the grandpa. One of the old timers gets in a big fist fight with with another guy and knocks him to the ground. And that was kind of fun, but they were awfully hands-on on on that show. You know, they didn't want you to have much fun. 
they always said just don't do too many cartoony things just simpsonize real people you know just kind of make them a little thicker and a little, <laughs> little weirder and with big with big pop eyes and yeah. there to me i don't understand why that show's gone on so long it's it's really not much fun to work on and yeah. it's just it's not a real good cartoon yeah. but i guess it's the scripts you know and that that's it, it it exists for the writing and that's probably as far as it goes i'm a huge simpsons fan uh-huh i am a huge simpsons fan but i have to say though it comes to a point to at one time and I'm and I half of me part 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 of me thinks, you know, you wish it lives on forever, but half of me thinks like at some point I think it becomes less fun because I think people are now more involved in the show because I think people were once free and now Fox has more and more power onto it. Uh. So I think that was also like, you know. What's the point if it's no fun anymore? Why do you just want to keep it? It's like the bunch we just talked about the Popeye strip. You just keep it on just to keep it on. Yeah. Maybe it's the merchandise. Oh, that's so oh, that has yeah. something to do with that. A lot of Simpsons merchandise being cranked out. All those little figurines and all those yeah. little Simpsons villages and Quickie Mart and all that stuff in miniature plastic. Yeah. I'm sure it makes a yeah, fortune it's, for somebody. It's, it's pretty much that because I interviewed Bill Morrison on this podcast and we were talking all about that because. That's I know how he, that name, but I don't. I don't think I know him well. Uh, he did most of the merchandising and worked for Bongo Comics. Was the editor oh, for yes. a number of years, and then he became the short-lived editor of Mad, which is why I was contacting oh, yeah. him, even though I was already friends with him for years. And uh-huh. uh, but uh, yeah, he he told me the whole Simpsons story and everything, and he did work on Futurama and the the more recent uh, series uh, that I always forget that's set in the Middle Ages. It's on Netflix. I always forget. Happily yeah, ever after seen, or something I like haven't that. Seen that. Yeah, yeah. Happily yeah. ever after. Some, something like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> oh, it, it's right. kind of weird to me. I, you know, it's like I remember the days, and you do two mark. You know, it's like you know the series had. 13 episodes and that was it ever yeah you know they never did another like one. the alvin show duck, duck factory like there that, you go you know? <laughs> it's like you know and it's like uh simpsons when it started on uh tracy elman i just watched it when they said i and think i, kinda, I still think those are the best and, and when they I said they were going to do a series i said oh this is probably going to last 13 weeks so i taped them all and then it kept going and going and going. And I taped like the first nine seasons. And then I said, I'm, I got to stop this. And then I watched it till probably about season 20. And then at that point, really I, just gave, I just gave up. I said, you know, so I haven't seen it in like the last 13, 14 years. Yeah, you know? I, 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 so. I jumped ship long before you did. But anyway, I think so oh, that I jumped ship about season 30. Well, of course, I was. <laughs> 30 of course, seasons. I was. I was born in season twelve. <laughs> so, um, Ow. <laughs> this is so funny. Like Ow. people actually chart their whole lives by which season I, I of know. The Simpsons they were born in. <laughs> I predate the Simpsons, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, so, I mean, I remember uh, when there were no real TV cartoons at all. Yeah, you know, so I the, the I first remember, ones my I dad remembers no TV. You know, t- well, of course he does. Eighty four. Yeah, but I mean, when, yeah. when I was a little, the only thing on television was westerns. Oh yeah, that's all that the old old B westerns that was on, and, I, and, and only on. We only had one or two uh, one or two channels. That was it. You know? If you really, if you want to see them, I always find it funny the reviewers of The Simpsons when they first came they had it on the series. One of the reviewers said, "This is going to be the end of the Fox Network as we know it." Yeah. And one of the reviewers said something like, 
I something I, I wouldn't even give it 13 licks. This might be Fox's worst decision yet. Yeah. Well, I, I just figured that it wouldn't last just because other than the Flintstones, nothing ever lasted like a season. So in prime time. So I figured this is doomed failure just yeah. based on that, on history, you know, and it's like, right. and then when it, history. Yeah. And then when it on. lasted longer than the Flintstones, I said, yes. all right, that's pretty good. And then, you know, it, then it's like crazy length now. And then uh, that's, that seems to be longer than Gunsmoke. And it seems to be the order of the day now. It's like, so South Park goes forever. The SpongeBob goes forever, you know, oh, yeah. any show. And it's like, it, it ceases to be fun. You know, it's like, you uh-huh. can watch them all, you know, and enjoy yeah, it. Beca- it becomes a job. Yeah. yeah and, and, and if it's a job, then it's time to hang it up. Yeah. It, now they're cranking them out. Like they, they, like they, they're cranking the seasons out. They schedule the seasons now. Like they schedule, they schedule um, contracts for late night hosts. Uh, because like it's like it, you'll if you go to see you know when you look up online it'll randomly pop up mark where it's like um where it's like you know what seasons what shows have been canceled uh-huh and it will say the simpsons has been re- and it will say you know this show has been renewed for the best season this show's been renewed for this season. but then when it comes to the simpsons or family guy or south park it'll say this season this show has been renewed through the 35th season <laughs> Ah, I hate to I say. Know. I wonder if it's if all the voice talent passes away will kill the show. I don't know. Well, Would look, they recast? They just get somebody that's a sound alike. Harry yeah, Shearer. They haven't done it in the past. Harry Shearer, Harry Shearer was 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 acting in the Jack Benny show as a kid, and he's yeah. one of the voices that's, on the show. So you're right. Yep. Well, <laughs> when I was a little kid in, in St. Louis TV, this is like you know the early fifties. Uh, Crusader Rabbit was the first made for tv cartoon i can remember mm-hmm. and uh there was a little slate that came on at the end of each little five minute chapter and it said stay tuned to this station for the next episode of crusader rabbit well i took them at their word and i, <laughs> I just stayed in front of that tv set <laughs> until the next episode aired and you never knew when it was going to happen because they would just oh, drop wow. those in randomly during the oh, day wow. oh, and i was really... afraid I, I would miss the next chapter in the storyline i wanted to see it so you know and my mother kept saying get outside and play you know you, you can't sit here all day i want to see the next episode of crusader rabbit it was so funny. <laughs> i i just wanted to stay by the tv for fear i'd miss something that's Isn't how, your that's mom how nutty it was like bullwinkle is what didn't your mom wasn't your mom not a fan of bullwinkle she too, was definitely I mean... not a fan i had to sneak upstairs to watch that i had to watch that on my grandma's tv up in the attic because that's too mom subversive put her foot for you to about, watch about Rocky. Yeah, she's, that's subversive stuff. You, you, you know, my my son can't watch Rocky and Bullwinkle. So yeah, and now and now and now I'm talking about some a show where where my parents thought The Simpsons was subversive because Homer is strangling Bart. <laughs> well, there is a, a slightly subversive uh, element to The Simpsons, yeah. but the the big disappointment to me in the writing in the show is that it sort of has aspirations of political satire and commentary, but it isn't really very pointed. It isn't really very sharp. And that's one of my problems with it. I think the writing that Bill Scott did and all that in in Rocky is more pointed than The Simpsons. I think he's actually a better political satirist than the writers, the whole writer's room (laughs) on The Simpsons. I just think that a lot of times they miss it. But that's just my opinion from the episode. Well, when you have well, when you have an entire liberal liberal group of writers on the most conservative network on television, <laughs> that could probably be hard. You said a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. <laughs>
they're very conservative that's for sure so what else have we left out i don't know um, are you tired <laughs> I don't well, want to make you stay up all night. I know. I well, Camden, of course, he's the youngest one here. Right, he's still he's, he's he's the one that needs to go to bed. <laughs> I, I got work tomorrow at yeah. seven a.m. So, and it's congratulations. No. What are you doing now? What are, I, what are you I, working at? I I work at a library. So, oh, very good. I I am a I am a wannabe archivist. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, you're in a good place to to get started on that. Yeah, libraries have wonderful archives. Yeah, so I am. I am a. I work in circulation. I work in circulation during summer reading. Which, let me tell you right now, if you work in circulation during summer reading, I, I, as as someone as someone on Facebook called it, I worked in the library part time. Welcome to the pit of no return. <laughs> so you're, con you're constantly shelving. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. 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 The children's department said, "Oh yeah, you're you're going to get trampled." Oh okay. Oop. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I a get kid, the... the little kid the other day called me a libertarian. He was trying to be a librarian. <laughs> I'm well, a librarian, might be both. Not a libertarian. <laughs> That's very good. I, I, I have access. A friend of mine loaned me her library card, so I have access to the New York Public Library's uh, online archives, and they yeah. have a great uh, ProQuest uh, collection of New York Herald Tribunes. And I'm yeah. using that for, for some of my uh, uh, web activities. Yeah. I have a weekly post called Someday Comics, and I'm posting all the Brutus strips that Johnny Gruel did and <laughs> the Peter Peltdown strips that Mal Eaton did and, and all these things. And the only paper they ran, they were not syndicated. They were in the Herald Tribune. So I'm so happy to be getting these out hmm. and yeah, Mark, uh, by in the a way, way Mark, archiving them. Mark, I'm going to huh? say this for the first time live. Okay, I'm going to tell you this, but you know that um, St. Cloud's University in Minnesota, I was supposed to keep this quiet for a while. I can, I can talk about it now. <laughs> so, um, so St. Cloud's University in uh, Minnesota, um, Ralph Heimdall's daughter donated like nine, over 9,000 art, art pieces of her dad's art. Marvelous. Um, Ralph for, of the Bugs Bunny strip, he did and such great they're actually, they're actually working. They're actually agreed to help me. As of right now, they agreed to help me on a um, cartoon research article profiling some of the art. That's wonderful. I'll look forward to seeing that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to convince David Gerstein to help me pick out trips. I'm a big fan of his work. He was very good. He, he drew Bugs' face so well. He drew the expression so well. Yeah, know? I think after... after around, the, after around the time he ended, though, I think the strip kind of got really like, you know, it kind of went almost in the direction that BC went into. Because if you look at some of the later strips, <laughs> you notice that Foghorn Lightcorn's like a preacher in one in a bunch of them. No, I, I don't remember because the ones that Heimdall did in the fifties, the main characters were Bugs, Elmer, and uh, Sylvester. And Sylvester and had a accent. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Sylvester was a very rich character. He he, he was he was kind of like wimpy. You know, he was a big moocher and a bum. And he was always mooching off bugs and make and he would make bugs mad all the time. And I thought those were, were very amusing. Yeah, I like those a lot. Also, Porky too was in them. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I really like those a lot. Yeah, but I think the later ones, uh, Sean Keller, my old friend, he was the artist. Uh, uh, yeah, he, I think he was the last artist on the Bugs Bunny Daily Strip. It, like, but when Lee Holly took it over, yeah, it was really odd because they put <laughs> Marvin the Martian in. I think in his first time ever in print. And he walks and talks like a South Park character. Like his mouth literally opens. Wow. 
but not not opens, but it opens like you know Pac-Man would. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's open and shut. Open and shut. Open and shut, and it looks like he's like you know, you know, it that he does look like a giant Pac-Man with a with a huh. helmet on. Oh yeah. That might not have been Lee Holly's choice, but unfortunately, I can't. I was friends with Lee Holly. Unfortunately, I can't ask him anymore. So he drew Ponytail, for the, the yeah. little teenage girl strip. He also drew for Dennis, Dennis the Menace. Wasn't he Holly. a Hank Ketchum assistant? Yeah, he worked. He did Dennis the Menace uh, it, Sunday strips. It might have been somebody. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing up my timeline here. It might have been somebody. The person who was after Lee Holly. Um. Well, after Lee Holly on the. Dennis Menace, you mean? Oh, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Oh, Bugs Bunny. oh I don't know who's after Lee Holly on Bugs Bunny. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think it was Sean Keller, but because I remember some way they had a revamp of it. I think it was in the early '80s where they made uh, the strip more realistic to like the realistic, a more uh, similar to the animated cartoon. Right, unless... and that that was the ones that Sean did. I'm okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that Scott Shaw and John Colley did too, right? I think so. Yeah. I'm not a real big authority on the later Bugses. Yeah. <laughs> I, li I like the ones that Heimdall did. Mm -hmm. I like the ones that Armstrong did too. Yeah, th those were good. I wish one of those companies like IDW would reprint them. <laughs> I wonder well, if anybody they, would buy them. Until now, I don't think they could find them. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully well, now you know where the artwork is. Maybe you can pitch the idea. I have the guy who does those collections. I interviewed him on this podcast once. So oh, if you have access to the strips, it's like he might go, hmm. Because that was the issue with the Archie collection, uh, that there's a big gap. And it's because he says not enough of the strips exist in good condition. It's like, oh, oh okay. I mean, I think bad. it would have to look like, um, look like David Gerstein's Felix book. Yeah. Because um, there's not enough strips to have them in chronological only order. Okay. Because mm -hmm. Mark, you know which one I'm talking about? Both marks, I guess. The, well, the, I know David's book, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, yeah his, I know his, David's no, book. it's like not. I know David Gerstein too. <laughs> it's like in the, it's a, it's in the Felix book. It's like you know, it's not really in chronological order. They just did what they could find, actually. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's a lot is skipped. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to look like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's it's actually pretty fairly simple to get all the Felix strips. They're online. Uh, Sandusky right. Register is the best. A source for those on newspapers.com they have a wonderful collection yeah newspapers.com and i don't get along newspapers.com and you don't get along no Why, because they charge money no <laughs> because when you gotta pay for what you want account, <laughs> they, the account, they spam you like crazy when you unsubscribe oh they do subscribe you to somewhere else no, I, well, I I, I've been a su subscriber to those for years, and I've never had. I've always, I've never unsubscribed, so I don't have the, that problem with that. Uh, I've yeah. unsubscribed, but I put things into my spam folder if they're bugging me too much. So I guess it, I don't have that problem. I had, a, no, I I had an unpleasant conversation with the folks over at newspapers.com. Yeah. Ah, well, I've, I've always the liked their collection. over the phone. Uh oh, mm. well, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, uh, but I really am impressed with how much stuff they have. Their indexing is terrible. Yes, uh, because a lot of this stuff is yeah. hidden away, and you kind of have to just find it by osmosis, or have a good friend that's done a lot of research that can clue you where to go to find some yeah. of this stuff. Right. So, but I am, I just am so impressed with what they have more and more all the time. It is truly a remarkable uh, source. The other thing I'd love to do, and these actually, 
Uh-huh. Yael has done a pretty good job of profiling them. I'd love to see a reprinted book version of the Yogi Bear and Flintstones comic strips. Oh, right. yeah. Well, there are some of those that were print, uh, reprinted in paperback years ago. Yeah. Really? I think Dell. Yes. Is, is, yeah. I have a couple of those. Yeah. Not a comprehensive collection. No, no. Um, the thing stuff. is, they have to make sure, uh, going back to the ones that have appeared, they have to make sure these things sell. Like the one that always yeah. frustrated me was, uh, and I talked to the guy about his family circus. So they put out two volumes. They advertised for a third and it never came out. And I go, why didn't this come out? And he goes, because it didn't sell. And I go, you got to be kidding. <laughs> Those early ones are great. They're actually funny. You know, yeah. and it's like, well, they didn't sell. And so there's no third volume. It's like, Argh. yeah, like the Blondie. Blondie is another one. I have that first Blondie volume. Yeah. And I then, love that. Yeah. The yeah. Early and I, I'm, I'm a huge Blondie fan. It's one of my favorite strips. And it continues to be pretty good. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, as it's, strips go, it's not bad. Yeah, it's one of the few strips that favored because, you know, I was asking Mark, we were talking about Gasoline, but Gasoline Alley. Yes. Gasoline Alley is the oldest running strip. But I'm going to ask you right now, who here has read Gasoline Alley in the past 40 years? I read it. Oh, you, you do? It, I read it every day. Well, do you see it in a newspaper? That's what yeah, I Oh, no, I see it online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a newspaper that carried it in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I see it on, uh, what is it? It's comics.com. Or uh, Go like Comics that. usually has a Go lot. Go Comics, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's where I read it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a very odd strip the way Stan Gorelli's <laughs> doing it. He's got appearances by Mutt and Jeff sometimes and the, the yeah. old comic character's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did with Pogo Wild Go, too. Yeah, and 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 um, the the old guy, um, not you know, uh, Walt, Walt Wallet. He's like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, he old. keeps aging. Yeah, and, he, <laughs> and he's he's you know he's barely functional, and there and there's the, he's always uh, Skank Rangley's making fun of that. You know, the, the fact that he's so old and decrepit, he could hardly remember anything. I kind of kind of amused by that, yeah. but it's certainly not the strip it was under Frank King. That's for sure. Yeah. No, but, it doesn't but have that kind of a quality. My point was uh-huh. was what person with the last whose last name is not Spees, who's under the age of fifty, who's under the age of fifty, has ever heard of Gaslin Alley anymore? Well, you probably got something there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. I mean, I barely saw it when I was a kid. It would be in the comics, but it wasn't until I saw the mad parody. Uh that it explained that the characters aged. I didn't know that. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't well, it, for me. It, it wasn't until I saw that Brian Walker's book on comics, that big, thick, the two volumes. Yeah, the book. comics before 1945 and after 1945. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was one of my Disney books. Yes, that's time. a good book. And there is an excellent series of reprints of Gasoline Alley from the very beginning. Yeah, that's that's ongoing. That's 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 wonderful. It's really well written, and uh, you know, and I love the uh, the opening sections to those books that shows where Frank King lived, like in Florida and his estate there. Are these all, the God? He really, you really lived when you were a cartoonist in those days. If you had a lot of papers, you were a prince. Are those and he the, had a oops, beautiful sorry. estate? Are those the Walton Skizix books or? Yes. Uh, okay. Got yes. It. Okay. And there's some wonderful material mm-hmm. in there, biographical material on mm-hmm. Frank King that I really enjoy very much. And, and even the home movies, Frank King's home movies are there on video disc mm-hmm. in those books. 
and you can see you know his son and everything when he was just a, he was i guess the inspiration for skeezix because he, he's riding around on kitty cars and kind of dresses like skeezix or maybe skeezix dressed like him mm-hmm. it's really really fun I highly recommend those if you've got the time to read them. It takes a while to read them. Right. <laughs> you know, they are not, uh, you know, Miss Peach kind of thing. You know what I mean? You, you got to really sit they're there not, and, and look. They're at not them Henry. The they're not Henry. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's an apt comparison. They're not Henry. But they're good. I, I, we have an old bookstore and um, I had to turn it down because it was too much money. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back and get it now that my paycheck's coming out. Um, yeah, I, I would book, recommend they have those. an old bookstore over. Um, we have an old bookstore. I want to know, Mark, if you have this book. We had an old. We have an old bookstore called Jim Reed's Books. It's a really old bookstore. All they do is like I bought, I bought a, um, I bought a British annual of Laurel and Hardy and and Abbott and Costello comics. I've seen those. I don't have them. Yeah, um, those t- those 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 film fun annual comics. Yeah, I yeah. bought a bunch of those. Are those there. a British? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, they did yeah. it. They there's this um, British magazine I do get at the store, and I can't think of the name of it, uh, but I get it every. <laughs> I should know the title of it. <laughs> they did a, a big article about that series uh, because of covering Laurel and Hardy and Abbott Costello and stuff like that. So wow. yeah, it was, and, and it was like you know, and it was oh, Burns and Allen was also on there, and all mm-hmm. this. Basically, what's well, basically uh, it's basically showing 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 the people of Britain that America has better comedians. Oh yeah, you, you, uh, you, we, you know, we, Excuse me, Mark. We were talking about Dennis the Menace just a little while ago. Yeah. And that's an interesting subject for me. Like the the the, the contemporary Dennis the Menace, they're changing his proportions. Yeah. It's like he's growing up. You know, <laughs> he used to be like what four or five years old, and yeah. now it looks like he's. 11 or 12 yeah, but they, well I don't know he's that old, but yeah they aged him a little bit supposedly still perpetually five years old but yeah, yeah but they draw him differently the yeah when he sits in the corner it looks weird it's how come such an old kid <laughs> is still sitting in the corner and yeah. actually the new dentist is a lot more tamed down than the old one is. well that's for sure yeah I, the old one practically used he, if that, he was on the verge of, of of using cuss words a couple of times well that and, that and, one's that one's due to complaints over the years i mean in right Definitely after Ketchum retired, you know, they had to tone it down. You know, Ketchum kind of stood his ground pretty well, you know, but, you know, yeah, afterwards, you know, so. And he was yeah. a tough boss from what That's I, I, I met him the one Simpsons. time. Yeah. That's my thing with the Simpsons. So somehow Bart can drive a car. <laughs> he drives a car in one episode and I'm like, he's 10 years old. How can he just get in front of the car and he's just, okay, cool. Oh, isn't he? He's 34. <laughs> he's been yeah. out for 34 seasons. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's 44. Yeah, he's really in his 30s now. He yeah, just looks yeah. looks like he's 10 years old. Yeah. So that, that happens. Yes, but, uh, or, it's like, or it's like Lisa's like, you know, dating. I'm like, she's eight. <laughs> Uh, but they never changed the look of the characters. Yeah, yeah, no, they no. She's gonna remain eight, but she's gonna do things that she would be doing when she's like, you know, eighteen years old. Wow, they're running out of stories. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, let's wrap this up because I can't go four hours. I know okay, Camden I, I, wants I, to, but sorry <laughs> for keeping you up so late, Mark. So, I really appreciate so, the, the the opportunity to. Yeah, it's midnight where I got where I am. <laughs> Well, and I'm only looking up for you, Kim. Uh, where are you? Well, it's, it's 11 where I am. I'm in I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, you're in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, the blue Alabama. Very good. The blue Alabama. Okay, very yeah. very good. So how I usually end the shows is I just uh, 
ask you, what are you currently working on, Mark? And how can people contact you? And if you're going to make any personal appearances anytime soon? <laughs> well, <laughs> not any personal appearances, sadly enough. Okay. But uh, I'm uh, the only artwork I do is little greeting cards for the family, <laughs> for my wife and for other folks. And uh, that's about the only artwork I do anymore. And nobody can see those unless oh. they want to. But uh, I do uh, my, my blog, which <laughs> is... Uh, the cat blog, Mark, I think it's Mark Kausler's cat blog, uh, and, and it's very easily searchable. I've been doing it uh, what, uh, more than 11 years. I started in, in no, more, much more than that. I started in 2007. So it's been Yeah, when I was seven. seven. Yeah, when you were seven <laughs> years old. It's been going on for quite a while. And then I also do my Someday Comics post, which is, if you, if you subscribe to Daily Dose, which is a wonderful yeah. online group that features old comic strips, I, I do a weekly yeah yeah those are really good um i recommend by the way mark please help me get a few people people have asked me how do i get into that well and you have I to said, uh, write the, the write bruce bruce rosenberger because yeah. he is he is the major domo of the whole thing and if okay. you ask bruce he usually will let you in yeah okay he's a very relaxed guy and he's easy to deal with and he is absolutely a workhorse i mean he puts a huge batch of old dailies up every they don't call it daily dose for nothing it's yeah. up there every single day yeah it's like it's like it's like that i think that i think the other day it was like you know they put up like 14 like like a year's worth of beetle baileys i think in a day yeah, yeah. It, it is remarkable the amount of stuff you can read and see on there and, and yeah, nothing it, you know they don't charge yeah you could you could spend you could spend all day just reading you could mark have you have mark are you impressed and you want to join now yeah, send me a link or tell me how to do it, whatever. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. And just dailydose.com. Yeah. Remember Bruce Rosenberger, and, and okay. he's the guy that you should talk to. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell um, um, one of them is Austin Kelly. Right. Um, he asked me how to do it. You know, if, if you'd like, Mark, I, I, uh, Mark Arnold, <laughs> I, I, I could write uh, to Bruce uh, on your behalf. Okay. If you would like that. And tell him that, and, and tell him some of your credentials and, and some of the books you've written. And would I'm he sure be? A, would he be a good podcast guest? Would Hard he... to tell. Oh. You know, I've never ever talked to the guy. Oh, okay. Because I was saying, if he tells good know. stories, you know, sure, let's get but him on his here. His knowledge of okay. old strips is yeah. encyclopedic, to say the well, least. I mean, he knows what. On doing. my behalf, you can ask him. You know, it's like if he's interested. So well, I'll, I'll put in a little word on All your right. behalf uh, and, right. and to the podcast too, if you'd like me to. All right. Very yeah, good. See what he does. You know, it's okay. Him. Thank you. So, yeah. And, and those any... are my, my main activities these days okay. are, are Sunday comics and my, my, uh, my blog okay. and, uh, you know, just kind of going along to getting along. Any more? We have a little house here that we try, try and take care of. Any more commentaries on anything? <laughs> I have three. I think I did four shorts on the upcoming Steve Stanchfield Flip the Frog volume oh, one. Very good. And I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. They're going to be, uh, uh, as someone who buys, as I told Mark, but half my paycheck goes after. Half of the money I spend is spent towards Steve Stansfield. You give it all to Steve. Good for you. <laughs> the Church of Steve. But literally, no, and by the way, that's not an exaggeration. Literally, half the money I spend, other than food, and stuff like Steve. that. Half the money I spend goes to Steve Stanfield. I hope he. I hope he realizes that and appreciates that. Oh no, he appreciates. Oh, he, he's another one I need to get on this show. But anyway, I think that, you would have he a lot appreciates of fun it enough to where 
all the sets I didn't have before I started collecting Butterbean, he just gave them to me all for free. He gave me like 20 <laughs> or so sets. That's free. very generous of it. But, yeah, uh, but um, there's um, also he, a, oh, I, I was going to tell Mark what, what else I was working on. Yeah, anyway. I was going to say just real quick. Um, yeah. That's actually now combined into the, the one volume. Hmm. Very good. Okay. Well, anyway, I, there's also a big collection of old TV commercials coming out. Oh. And I'm a I'm a film collector, as I'm sure you know, and mm -hmm. and I have 23 uh, large reels of old commercials snipped from here, there, and everywhere, old animated commercials. Mm -hmm. And my friend Greg Ford, uh, in conjunction with Kino, mm -hmm. is putting out a big collection of them. And I'm supposed to do audio commentary on some of those, mm -hmm. but uh, <laughs> Greg is really, really remarkably slow at getting me the mm -hmm. material to comment on. But someday I'm going to be involved in that. Do you have this one commercial? I've been looking for it for years. I, I started a Facebook page called TV Cartoons uh, that uh, Time I Forgot. forgot. Time forgotten. I started with, forgot. Okay. I started with Jerry Beck. So if you're on um, Facebook, and you me. can get it. And Camden's up there. And um, it is an Otter Pops commercial. They used to air in the early seventies where I they were ice, ice skating around. First of all, I don't know, even know who did it, but they were ice skating around. It had the original character that's no longer being made, Rip Van Lemon. And, <laughs> and it was replaced by Poncho Punch. And that's kind of when the commercial stopped airing is whenever they... If, if, and if, if he had a Mexican accent, then you understand why. <laughs> but, <laughs> like what uh, happened to the you know, it's like, I, I've looked all over YouTube. I looked everywhere, Daily Motion. Nobody has this commercial. And it's not like it's a figment of my imagination. Well, I know I'm sure you're it. right. Yeah. I, sadly, I don't have that one. Oh, darn. But, uh, you know, most of my stuff is earlier than that. It's oh, 50s okay. and 60s. I was hoping maybe you crept into the early 70s. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't have it. All right. But uh, you, you, you're probably going to run into it one of these days. I mean, look yeah, at I'm all sure the stuff that's posted on YouTube. I mean, I found other stuff. I mean, I found the, thousands and thousands. the one that I also saw as a little kid in the early 70s. Make America Sparkle City. Put litter in its place. You know, and it's, that's on there. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> he's... Is earworm that... commercials they, they just drill into your head and they're in there forever <laughs> so, right. so anyway um it's, it's, it's sort of like like that that, that scene in the help which is it you ain't you tired miss hilly ain't you tired you know that's <laughs> how i'm feeling right now ain't you tired <laughs> so anyway i guess we'll we'll say we'll night for now all right sounds good it was a pleasure talking to you both and a especially pleasure you, talking to you sir and camden and... as well <laughs> and um we'll catch you next time we can do another show at some future point and if, if you um, if you uh, would be so kind as to invite me right. back then i will come back and we can, can I come back with him too we, sure and we could talk on other subjects <laughs> sure. we don't we don't have to talk about your career we could just talk about newspaper strips or whatever you want to talk about sure. anyway so okay all right um well okay, that you guys wraps it up again for another fun ideas podcast today i had my special guest Camden Spees, and of course, the incomparable Mark Kausler. <laughs> Thank you. And compared to what? Is it just like... Okay, cool. good night for now. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Mark Kausler and Camden Spees, for being my special guests. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 172 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. 
Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.